Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult series. Be sure to visit primed.com podcast after the discussion for more information about today's article and to claim CME CE credit. You are seeing Jonathan, a 51-year-old patient, for follow-up of his hypertension, type 2 diabetes, and hyperlipidemia. He's doing well, he thinks, but he's gained some weight over the winter, and you're concerned about his worsening diabetes. Before coming to the office today, you had reviewed his prior lab work, and that included a BMP and an A1C. His A1C has been slowly increasing, and his blood pressure today is up at 148 over 92. You perform a brief exam, listen to his heart and lungs, palpate his abdomen, and check for peripheral edema, all of which are benign. You begin to discuss treatment options with him and counsel him about exercise, but you decide that because his blood pressure has been consistently high, it's time to increase his dose of lisinopril. You order a repeat BMP to check his potassium and renal function in a week. He leaves the office 15 minutes later, and then you finish your note, but you realize you forgot to ask a robust review of systems and have not done a comprehensive exam. The visit was only 15 minutes long, and you wonder how best to bill this visit considering the new guidelines. Hi, this is Frank Domino, and joining me today is Dr. Robert Baldor, professor and founding chairman for the Department of Family Medicine at UMass Medical School, Bay State in Springfield, Massachusetts. Bob, thanks for coming in today. Hi, Frank. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm terrorized and fearful of the new billing guidelines that we were handed down um, over the last few weeks. Um, the E&M billing guidelines set forth by CMS um, are probably straightforward and simple, but right now they seem anything beyond that. Can you give us an overview of the main changes that have been brought forth by CMS? Yeah, absolutely. You know what? This is wonderful because it's really an attempt to simplify our coding, uh, simplify our documentation to support our uh, our billing. We have less time. I mean, sometimes I spend more time charting than I do with my patient. This is hopefully uh, recognizing that that's uh, wasted time as as part of it. So the idea now is that you select your billing level based on medical decision making or total time. You no longer have to be, uh, you know, counting all these body areas and organ systems to support your uh, to support your billing. So it's really, really a good change to see, Frank. And I think that uh, spending a little time on this, you won't have to be terrified about it. I think it's actually a, a nice change. Well, that's great. Oh, good. So um, can you talk a little bit more about the specifics of what documentation is required and, and whether we should talk about time or not? Yeah, I mean, for sure, uh, documentation is uh, is still required, right? And so you, you have to, but what, what's happened here now is the documentation, it really becomes much more sensible in my mind and, and practical and pragmatic. What you're doing is you're, you're documenting your chief complaint and you're documenting a medically appropriate history and exam related to those 
patient complaints. You're not doing this laundry uh, list that we had before. So for example, you know, in the past, you wanted to document a 99214, uh, right? Moderate level, which it kind of fit perhaps for this patient. What would you have to do? You'd have to have, make sure that you had four elements from your HPI. You had to have at least 10 systems that you reviewed and documented. You had to document at least three components of either the past family, social uh, uh, history that's, that's all part. Again, this may be a patient you've taken care of for 20 years. It really doesn't apply to this visit, but if you're gonna, you gotta document all that stuff. And then for your physical exam, you have to have eight organ systems and lots of different pieces for the organ systems. That's all gone. Now what you would do, you mentioned your exam with this patient uh, where you'd gotten your, uh, your your history related to what was going on with him. Uh, you, you mentioned uh, your, your appropriate exams. You would document that. You document your chief history, medically appropriate history and exam pertinent to what's, uh, to what's going on uh, with that. And then you would document your medical decision making and your level of risk. And it's that level of risk that really drives this. If you have a low risk level involved, it's a level three visit. Oh, by the way, if you have a minimal risk, it's a level two, right? Which would be like a 99212. But if you have a moderate level of risk, uh, then it's a 99214. So much of what we do these days is at a moderate uh, level of uh, level of risk. Do we do we say that my medical decision making was moderate risk, or how do we how do we document that in the note? Yeah, so 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 this is what the grid. There's a grid that's out there, uh, and and it's uh, we'll, we'll put it up. So you, you can look at the grid that's uh, that's out there for the, this coding tool. So again, I'm talking. I want to talk about level four because I think that so much of what we do is at that level, particularly with chronic care these disease. So you have to. What supports a moderate level? Well, you have to have one one or more chronic illnesses, but there's something going on. Right, there's an exacerbation, uh, there's some side effects, there's a progression of illness. So again, in this level here, you've got a gentleman who has diabetes, hypertension, you may, you know, it's not controlled. So that fits as a moderate level of risk. You could, on the other hand, he could have just been coming in and everything could have been stable, but he has two, at least two chronic problems that you're assessing because he's got two chronic illnesses, that fits with a moderate level of risk. Now, on the other hand, sometimes people come in with a new problem. It's an undiagnosed problem and your uncertain prognosis. That's also a moderate level of, uh, of risk, or it could be an acute illness with symptomatic symptoms. So somebody's coming in with, uh, you know, with fever and so on going on and, and symptomatic systems. Those all relate to your, your moderate level of risk. So when you're documenting uh, this, you have to uh, clarify what the risk level is. And I think some of this is this will play out over time as we get audited around these, but I think it's important to use language like that to sort of say, you know, so-and-so was in, uh, you know, and, they, and, and for their uh, thinking about that language, in for their blood pressure, uh, which has pro progressed or is not, not controlled. So you're documenting uh, those, uh, those, those levels. The other part of this also is in our note, in, in, in your vignette, before coming in, you reviewed some lab work. So you put that in your note, you know, prior to prior to seeing the patient, uh, you know, you had uh, reviewed his BMP, had reviewed A1C, we, we put those types of things uh, in the note. Uh, and again, you'd also put the, you would want these, you do these in your note anyways, uh, but now it's just, it's it's there because it, it, not to support the billing level, it's to support your, your medical thinking that's going on in your assessment and your plan. And of course you changed his, uh, his ACE inhibitor. So you wanna be rechecking his potassium level in another week. And so you've, you've ordered that, that lab. So those are the types of things you put in your note. 
um, you've cha also you, you you change the prescription. So those are all being, you know, that all fits with that moderate level of complexity that's going on. So the stuff that you would want to put in your note that for yourself to uh, help go through what you were thinking with the patient and, and dealing with those, that's, that's all, all there. Okay, so patient scenarios that would equate to a 992 and 4 are a patient with at least one chronic problem with some issue going on with it, or a patient with two chronic problems that are coming in for routine follow-up, or a patient who has a new problem and that you're having to address and evaluate. You also said make sure you document any prior testing and any um, any any decision making you had to make. Uh, yes, and, and again, I, I think we a little bit of this. What's that? What's what's the what's what's the level of complexity of that new problem? I mean, somebody's coming in, you know, with with um, an otitis externa. That that's not going to qualify, right? You're coming in with an otitis externa. You're right. Uh, say a swimmer's ear. Somebody's having pain in the ear. You're doing a quick look in the ear. Uh, you know, and uh, maybe you're just uh, having them put uh, 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 vinegar drops in and sending them home. I mean, that that's really a low level, minimal risk involved with that. That may actually be a 99212 even uh, level of visit. So again, this gets at what's the level of that chronic problem. Because you're diagnosing a new chronic problem. Uh, now somebody's coming in depression. There's a new chronic problem. That's much more involved. You know, and, and, and then, of course, we do... The other thing I actually think that's even a more interesting change than this piece of it is that you can bill using time. And we should spend some discussion uh, 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 around uh, around the time issue. Well, tell me, how do you use time to bill? What I love about the time thing, it used to always be face-to-face -face time with a patient. And with this patient, you spend about 15 minutes with them, right? <clears throat> so, okay, you spent 15 minutes or maybe 10 minutes in the exam room, but you spent a good five, six, seven minutes before you saw the patient looking up his lab work and everything, starting all that. And you charted all of this stuff and you had a bill for it. You can now include the time that you use for all of that. The time spent that day, the time spent that day, not your office staff time. It's still your time, your face-to-face -face time. So in this case, let, let, let's look at your uh, Jonathan. I think you said his name was. Who'd come in, uh, come in to see you? I would think about billing this visit as a nine nine two one five, and I would think about billing that based on time. Now, time requirements for level four are between thirty and thirty nine minutes. I think we've spent easily thirty nine minutes on this gentleman uh, as to why he was in. You spent again, you can, and again, your documentation. You could say I spent. Uh, 40 minutes uh, in the care of this gentleman. I spent uh, uh, four minutes uh, prior to the to the visit and examining and reviewing his previous lab work. I spent another, you know, 12 minutes in face-to-face -face time with him, and then another 22 minutes uh, ordering the lab test, ordering the, uh, uh, sending his prescriptions off to the pharmacy, and completing my charting. I mean, clearly, you're going to spend 40 minutes on this on this on this gentleman, uh, and to me, that's then that's a level five. Uh, the note's still going to have to, you know, include those pieces, recognizing that you've got a moderate level of of uh, complexity going on here. You certainly would not want to bill a nine nine two one five for somebody coming in with an otitis externa. I think that probably wouldn't stand up, and it'll be really interesting because some people are just slow chatters and. <laughs> 
I'm a slow typist and it, you know, it, 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 I'm not a touch typist and, and, it, and it takes me forever to do my note. Is it appropriate? Because every note I do is, is 60 minutes long to be billing 99215s. I don't think that that's going to hold. Uh, I think the auditors will come back on that. But when you take somebody like this, who clearly is a fairly common patient, and you're clearly spending a fair amount of time with this, he's got these really chronic illnesses, you're looking at labs, you're managing all of these, uh, all of these issues that it would, in my mind would be justifiable, the amount of time that's put into this uh, patient to bill at that level. Bob, this was a really complicated issue. I can't thank you enough for drilling it down and summarizing it as you have. Thanks today. Well, thanks. And as I say, there's a grid where, uh, that's attached to this that really gets the more data. People should spend a little more time. I really tried to simplify it as much as possible in a brief uh, podcast here. But get down to the nuances. Use your templates in your in your electronic record to make sure you capture the appropriate language with this. And I'm looking forward to this. I've already started doing this with my patients. I saw yesterday uh, with uh, with my billing, and it was a heck of a lot simpler. I know how long I had to do, you know, ten systems to review. I never knew why I was doing that, anyways. But it was to support my billing, not to take care of my my patients. Thanks again. Hi everyone. This is an addendum to the podcast you just listened to. Congress had planned to implement a G2211 code that we would use for extended visits over 64 minutes. On December 21st, 2020, Congress delayed implementation of using this code for three years. I hope this helps and take care. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, visit primed.com slash podcast and see you next week.